it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. Love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, we have episode 265. Today, Andrew and I thought we would talk about how you don't need a background in finance to become an investor. We would talk a little bit about my personal background to just give you some ideas, inspiration, maybe some ideas that, yeah, you can do this too, and you don't need to go to school to become a finance professor to learn how to invest. And we can talk about some of the ways that you can learn and become better at this craft. So I guess with that, I'll turn it over to Sir Andrew and he'll do a little interview of me, if you will. So bear with us. Thanks, Dave. This could be a lot of fun. Tell us your backstory. What was your childhood like? Was there anything there that you feel like is applicable today as an investor? Was there anything that like stood out about you? I was like, oh man, this guy's going to become an investor. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything in that regard. Like, I wasn't really interested in the stock market. I wasn't really interested in money per se. I wasn't really interested in companies, anything like that that would indicate that. One thing I guess I would say is I was fanatical about stats. I was fanatical about keeping track of stats and tracking performance over a long period of time. So this is dating myself, but I used to have one of those electric football games that had these little men that had magnets and you would turn it on the field and turn it on and you could force them to go in different directions and stuff. And so as the nerd that I am, I painted them in the favorite colors of my teams and then I would actually play games and I would keep stats. I had a little notebook that I would keep stats of like running plays and passing plays. And then I would 
compile those over seasons. So I would play seasons and then I would keep stats and see who was better than others and things like that. So that was something that I was very passionate about. And I did the same thing with baseball. And I had a dice game that I could play and I would do the same thing with baseball. So I guess that's something that maybe from my background would indicate that maybe he might work with numbers or be interested in numbers and statistics and just kind of keeping track of performance over a long period of time. I guess that's one thing that maybe would have indicated something like that. Uh, It's fun to have a similar background as well. Yeah. So parents don't get mad at your children for... (laughs) (laughs) Obsessing about games. What about, you know, when you were in high school or I know you went to college, was finance even in the picture at that time? In high school, I took a lot of math, so I was a math geek. But when I got to college, I majored in music, which has nothing to do with investing, but I minored in business. And so I ended up having to take accounting classes, super boring. And I had to take a couple of finance classes, super boring. And I took a stats class, which I thought was kind of interesting. But the finance and accounting classes is really the only reason I went was because there were a couple of girls in the class that I thought were cute. But as far as like anything taking per se, nothing really. Literally, the only thing I remembered from my accounting class was LIFO, last in, first out, and FIFO, first in and first out. Other than that, not a thing. None of it stuck. It wasn't really anything that I was super interested in at that time. Do you remember if you were aware of the stock market or aware of investing at all? Yeah, I knew that there was a stock market and I knew that there were companies you could invest in and that I knew that there were people that could get wealthy doing it. That was just kind of, I think, something that our teachers probably talked about in my business classes as a general rule. Uh, We talked about that in my economics class. I do remember the professor talking about the stock market being one of the places that you could grow your wealth was in the stock market. So I do remember that. But as far as like having any sort of intimate knowledge of this is what Microsoft is doing versus GE at that time, nah, nothing like that. If you could go back in time and I guess maybe just speak to the people who are in finance classes or accounting classes now that they find super boring, mm-hmm. is there anything you would say to them knowing yep. what you know now? Yeah. I think the overall takeaway is I think from that period of time to make it to have made it more interesting, I it would have been awesome if the teacher could have provided us with examples that would get us interested in something. So for example, let's say that I'm into baseball. Finding a a stock market or a stock company that has baseball as part of it. Now, Liberty Media is one of the companies now that owns the Braves. And so if I would have been in baseball, if I would have been interested in baseball as a teacher, I would have gone to that student and said, hey, I know you're interested in baseball. Here's the financials for Liberty Media, which owns the Atlanta Braves, we can use that as a way to study accounting and finance by analyzing this company and learning more about what this company does, the financials, and kind of how that all interacts to the field. So you can see how what they're spending on stuff can translate into what's happening with the product on the field that you watch. And I think that would have made it a thousand times more interesting if they would have done something like that. And so, kind of similarly, because I'm a musician, trying to find companies that are involved in the music business in some way, shape, or form, and using those as examples to help you know, get me more inspired and get me more interested in it. Because I think the more that you can tag people with things that they're interested in, it'll help grow 
their interest in what they're studying. And it still may not be the thing that they end up doing or wanting to doing, but it gives you a better framework and a better, I guess, reference point to go, oh, okay, you know, I love Starbucks and I love their coffees, but this is how their financials impact my coffee every day that I get. And I think that would have made it way more interesting for me. And if you're studying those subjects now and you're finding it kind of boring, I would encourage people to use those kinds of ideas to branch out and help make the subject more interesting for them. Not necessarily just to get a good grade, which of course is great, but just to learn something because you never know what's going to spark an interest down the road or even today. You can learn something about a company and it inspires you to get more interested in fintech or something like that or you know something along the computer, you know, the internet of things or you know just whatever energy there's just a million different ways you can go with all that so i think using real life examples makes it far more interesting than just a dry this is company a and this is company b and this is how they balance so like snooze fest when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source it's why you listen to this podcast when i'm looking to upgrade my wallet i turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. So, <laughs> Snooze fest for sure. Yeah. So I think that is brilliant. I'm going to put you on the spot then because there's got to be somebody out there who likes baseball. Mm-hmm. So give an, a 
example of what was it? Liber- Liberty, Liberty Media. Li- yeah, give an example of that and like something very basic of how you would apply it to what they do on the field. Okay. I think the biggest, the way you could translate that to the field is you can look at, you could compare the revenues to the salaries. So you could look at the revenue that the company generates, and then you could compare that to what the reported salaries are for Ronald Acuna Jr. or Michael Harris Jr. or any of the star players on the team. And you can look and see that, hey, you know, the Braves make, I'm just going to throw numbers because I don't know the actual number. Let's say that they make $10 billion a year. And then you can see, okay, they're paying Ronald Acuna Jr. $19 million this year. And they're paying, you know, Michael Harris $15 million this year. And they're paying, you know, the, all these players. You can just literally go down the list and see how much money they're spending on these players. And then that would give you a better insight into, okay, how much profit do they actually need to make from that revenue to be able to pay these players? And does that translate to A, the Braves being profitable and B, can they actually afford to pay these players what they're paying? Because you hear in the media, the labor negotiations, oh, they don't make enough money to pay these players. The players are greedy and they want more money. That's a tangible way you can actually look at the profit of the company versus what they actually pay people. And you could even probably line it up a little bit with the payroll that the company actually pays out. And you can kind of deduce, okay, they're paying the players this much, and then they're paying the rest of the staff this much. How much of that is the players? There's a bunch of different ways you could probably go to get an idea. And then you could also see, if you look in the financial reports, they're probably going to report on merchandise. So you can see how much they make for their hats, for example, or the jerseys that they're pay- you know people are paying for. Or compared to the tickets, like how much do they actually make concessions? How much do they actually make on the tickets that we pay to go watch the games? I think there's lots of different ways you can kind of pull information out of just the financial statement that can correlate to what you you do when you go to the game, when you go to the Dodger game and you buy a hot dog. How much does that actually impact what happens in the financials of the company? And how much does that impact the you know the fan engagement and stuff? So I guess that's the way I would probably look at doing it. And if I was trying to show somebody, hey, this is how do I get this person interested? I would start there and kind of work my way down from there. You know, even if you're not a baseball fan, you could totally do that with McDonald's. You could do it with Starbucks. You could do it with Walmart. Where would you suggest somebody go as like a first place to start looking at at those kind of numbers and and relating it with your everyday life? I think, well, obviously the first place you'd want to look is the company financials, the 10K or the 10Q, which are reports that companies put out annually or quarterly. And you would look at that information and then kind of think about how your daily consumption of coffee at Starbucks. I didn't want to say McDonald's because that wouldn't be healthy, but <laughs> you know, every time you go to McDonald's and you buy a Big Mac, how does that impact the business? You can think about how much they charge you at your store and then you can divide that by the revenue the company does and go, wow, that's a lot of Big Macs they got to sell to get there. But I think those are ways that you can kind of start to look at all those individual companies and kind of think about how that impacts the daily use of that product, whether it's Netflix and your subscription or whether it's Disney Plus, or whether it's McDonald's. I think there's lots of different ways you can go with all that. But starting with the company financials, you can find those a million different places. Places I like to go are the either the company website. So you can go to 
Disney Investor Relations, for example, and you can find all the information there. Or you can go to BAMSEC, which is, I guess, an aggregator of all those information. You can also go to sec.gov. And you can also go to our favorite website, stratosphere.io. They have all that information there. So those are all easy places that you can go look for all that stuff. Now, I guess one other, I guess, stipulation, if you will, you might come across terms and terminology you're not familiar with, or you don't understand what all this is. Like, how do I read a 10K or how do I, I don't understand what an income statement is. And if you're kind of just starting out our website, shameless plug, our website, einvestingforbeginners.com, we have 1200 articles on the website and we talk about all those specific things. So if you're reading through Starbucks income statement and you don't totally understand what it is that you're reading, you can always go to our website and use that as a reference to help correlate the terminology that you read in the Starbucks financials and go, okay, I don't really understand what SG&A means. And that stands for selling sales general and administrative. And you can get a definition of what that is from our website and it can help you clarify what those numbers mean when you look at that versus the revenue, for example. And so those are just, I guess, tricks that I have tried to learn along the way to help me learn because you're not going to know everything. And as somebody who is a self-taught like I am and like Andrew is, we're going to come across terminology or things that we may not be familiar with. Sometimes you read about a company that maybe falls outside of your circle of competence and it can open up new interesting ideas, but it can also expose you to terminology you may not be as familiar with. And so having a resource like our website, I think is a great place to help kind of broaden your knowledge as you're going through all this stuff as well. I love um, that story from our buddy C. Ocean who would listen to our mm-hmm. show and he would run over and, and write down any of the terms that he wasn't familiar yeah. with. Right. And sometimes you do have to do that when it's a language you're learning and that's mm-hmm. the language of money. You do have to maybe put in some effort, which is hard to tell people to do these days because we want everything in front of us without any effort. Right. But I feel like we're here to say, if you put in the effort, you can figure it out and you don't have to advanced degree, MBA, and everything to do it. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. No, you really don't. And I think, you know, when I say we, I'm including all the people, Andrew and I, and all the people that are listening to us right now. We are in a golden age of information because we have so much information available to us because of the the internet and our friend Google. There is just a mountain of information out there that you can learn 
You can watch videos, you can listen to podcasts, you can read blog posts, you can read different websites and you can go to Reddit. I mean, there's just so much information out there that you, if you really want to learn, there's really no obstacle to prevent you from doing it just other than, like you said, putting in the time and spending some time to do it. But everybody can do it. We've all done it. You and I have done it. And, you know, lots and lots of people that listen to us have and are doing it right now. And it's, we all have to start somewhere. Everybody starts at the same place. We all start with, we don't know anything and we have to grow from there. And it's, it, it compounds. It absolutely compounds. The more you read, the more you learn, the more that compounds upon what you already know. And it just helps clarify and codify everything that you know. And another thing that I guess I would encourage people to do is to find some way to, if you're trying to learn something, one of the best ways to learn something is to teach it to somebody else. And figuring out whether that's writing or whether it's going on a social media site and sharing something that you learn, you don't have to be, I think some people feel like, and I know I felt like this too. I think sometimes people feel like they have to be, you know, Michael Mobison (laughs) to share anything that can be benefit to other people. But we all have to remember, one of my teachers always said that nobody sucks. Everybody's just at a different point in their development. And I think that mindset is perfect because what we know may be more than somebody else, but it's not as much as somebody else. And we can always learn from the other people that are around us. And sometimes people will have a different point of view or a different take on something that maybe you were struggling with or maybe you didn't quite understand. And the way they explain it to you can make you go, oh, okay, you get the light bulb moment. And it can come from anywhere. It can come from you know, the smartest people on Wall Street to people that don't have a lot of experience. And the experience that you have is more than the other person's. And so by sharing that, whether it's, again, through a social media or other avenues, it just helps other people. And it also helps you learn too, because the more you try to teach somebody how to explain something, what it is, the more you really understand it. I think it was a Richard Feynman that talked about the idea of teaching everything, making it so simple that a five-year-old could could understand it. And if you can do that, that means you really understand something. And I guess we all need to go walk around trying to talk like five-year-olds. Is that no? Go <laughs> <laughs> find a five-year-old and start telling them about SGNA. Right, exactly. <laughs> Explain to them the finer points of working capital. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest thing is I want to encourage everybody out there that that you can do this. And there is nothing holding you back other than your fear of doing it. And I have no special gifts or talents outside of what we're doing that allow me to do what I do. It's just something I'm interested in. And so I spend the time to work at it. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Uh, Andrew has shared with me the joys of uh, Kobe Bryant and kind of his mindset. And I think that's one of the things that I find so inspiring about somebody like him, who was obviously a very world famous person and had a lot of success, but he worked his butt off to get where he was. And he had that mindset of just, you know, outworking people. And I think that's one of the things that if I can encourage anybody today is to, when you're going out to invest is try to think about, you know, I just need to spend some time. It it comes to kind of the nose of the grindstone, you know, water dripping on a stone, any whatever kind of terminology you want to put to it. You just got to spend the time to learn the language like Andrew was saying earlier, the language of money. And once you understand the language of money, then you can start to understand how to invest. You can do it. You can absolutely do it. The thing I like about it is there's no set way to do it. And it doesn't have to be done this way. You don't have to follow this path to do it. There's a 
million different ways to make money in the stock market. You just need to find what works for you and just work to find what is successful for you and just keep trying to learn. Be curious and try to learn because that's going to take you places you want to go. I think that's very well said. What's your favorite part about going on this journey of learning how to be an investor? Ooh, that's a good question. Other than meeting you, I think for me, it's a bottomless pit of curiosity. And there is, no matter how much I learn, there's always something new to learn every single day. And I think that to me is what makes it so exciting because like I said, there's a million different viewpoints of different things that you can learn. And every time you pick up a book, watch a video, go on Twitter to talk about finance and any sort of medium like that, you're exposing yourself to other people's point of view and you can learn so much from that. And I literally learn something new every single day because I find something that I didn't know before or I didn't maybe understand it the way I thought it was. Or I go back and listen to a lecture from Professor Demodoran and I learn something new from what he's teaching people. And so it's just, that's what I like the most, just the kind of bottomless pit of curiosity that can, you know, because I'm curious like a cat and I want to know everything and I can't and I never will. And so it's just a never ending journey. There's not an end in sight. And that's exciting to me. It is very exciting. I mean, all right. Well, with that, we will go ahead and wrap up our conversation today. I hope you enjoyed my ramblings and hopefully you took some inspiration from some of the ideas that we were talking about today. I guess the last thing that I'll leave you with is that everybody and anybody can do this. You just have to spend the time and have a bit of curiosity about this. But everybody has the intelligence and the wherewithal to do this. Anybody can do it. You don't have to be the brightest person on Wall Street to be a successful investor. And I would encourage everybody that if you've not taken the step to open a brokerage account, buy your first stock, do it today. Don't stop. Don't wait. Don't wait till you know more or don't just dive in and buy one company, spend 50 bucks and buy a share or partial share of one thing just to get your feet wet and get skin in the game and get over the initial jitters. Because once you get bitten by the stock market bug, you'll want to keep growing and learning. And as we've talked about many, many times, this is the best way to grow your wealth is through the stock market. So with that, I will go ahead and wrap up our discussion for today. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety, and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.